306 on the 630 Chad afternoon news. You can get a hold of me anytime at 630, 630. Uh, the phone number is 4960063. As you know, the throne speech is coming down today. Right now, the Speaker of the House just welcoming everyone. They've had a moment of silence to do their uh, their prayer, their reflection in whatever way they want. So lots of pomp and circumstance to, to get things going. And once they get to all of the... Um, well, the minutia really out of the way, and uh, the lieutenant governor will come in, sit down, and she will start reading the throne speech. And at that time, that is when we will be able to give you details of what is in that throne speech. Reporters have been in something that is called lockup for the past uh, few hours going over uh, the speech, and we will have some full reports. Our Scott Johnson has been down there. We'll have full reports uh, from him and head over to the newsroom as well and talk uh, and get the highlights from Eileen Bell. Now, we are expecting the details of who pays what with this new $3 billion a year carbon tax that uh, all the details are supposed to be released uh, this afternoon. The government house leader, Brian Mason, says the session, of course, which just started, is to see the government bring forward legislation as the next step towards implementing that carbon tax. The tax is set to begin on January 1st. Now, these are all just uh, details that uh, had been brought up prior to uh, the throne speech over the past uh, week or so. Right now, Robert Clark is just singing, Oh, Canada. Uh, legislation they're saying will give regulatory teeth to the climate change plan announced by Premier Notley in the fall. Uh, it aims to reduce carbon emissions through new and increased taxes and by phasing out coal-fired electricity generation by 2030. And that carbon tax to be on everything from gas at the pumps to home heating and electricity bills. Again, we'll find out more details momentarily. The tax expected to collect an estimated $3 billion a year when it's fully implemented by 2018. Now, in November, when this was first talked about, the government predicted the changes would cost the average household $320 in 2017 and rise to 470 in 2018. Again, we'll find out more of those numbers over the next hour or so. And I know a lot of you concerned about that, given the fact that the state of the, the industry, uh, the oil industry, and the number of layoffs in this province and, and where things stand as it, uh, as it is right now. The Wild Rose saying that that uh, costs will be much more. Uh, there's some other things as well that we need to be looking at. Uh, the provincial budget deficit, how is that going to work? Uh, $10.4 billion is the projected size of the provincial budget deficit. Um, that, as you can well imagine, is going to weigh heavily over this session. And the session is supposed to go through till um, June 2nd. June 2nd, so a long session uh, ahead of us here. Um, there will also be a bill, we believe, allowing MLAs to take maternity leave without financial penalty that will be introduced over the next couple of weeks. So again, lots of things that have been speculated upon. We are just waiting for the throne from the speech to get underway. Um, 
Yeah, $10 billion. Uh, they're looking at, as well, legislation to reduce and streamline the government's 301 agencies, boards, and commissions. And the pregnant politicians, as I mentioned, they're looking at uh, amending that law to fix an issue that they've never really had to deal with before. Pregnant politicians uh, will be changed. The law will be changed. The legislator, legislature members having children or on maternity leave are not sanctioned for missing sitting days in the House. Uh, Service Alberta Minister Stephanie McLean gave birth last month, uh, as you probably know, and Associate Health Minister Brandy Payne is due... In July, the carbon pricing and how that's all going to shake down, that's really one of the big ones and the impact to you. Uh, We will pick that apart over the next half an hour or so as the details are released. And if you go on to the Alberta government website and it talks about carbon pricing and so it was on there today and there's a bunch of information on there and it says Alberta's new carbon pricing approach will cover 78 to 90 percent of emissions in the province and apparently they say private uh, pricing carbon pollution is the backbone of any effective climate change strategy uh and it, it, interesting to see how that works and how it will shake down over the next little bit. Uh, Brandon Graziano, one of the producers here at 6.30, Chad, joining me in studio, watching all of this today with me. And again, Brandon, lots of speculation about uh, what's going to happen. We've been hearing things, okay, well, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, but the exact details we're still not 100% sure of. And uh, you know what? It's, it's, it's just one of those things where right now, at this moment, we just got to wait and see. I think the, the band is are the uh, Royal Canadian Artillery Band right now just uh, doing their thing. So there's a lot of anticipation at this moment. But, yeah, like the finite details, the as you as you said, the minutia of it all, you know, we'll, we'll uh, try to get exactly what's going to be happening, especially with, uh, well, I mean, I'm curious, of course, about carbon tax, about the mat leave, um, like you said, the two big points mm-hmm. that you had there. And then, you know, we also have to consider any other bill that's going to be coming up, uh, too, not only just by the NDP, but by the uh, anything that the Wild Rose proposes, the Conservatives proposes, and uh, it's. Uh, it, I think this is going to be a very important session for the Alberta Legislature and for Albertans. Oh, without a doubt, and I think there's a lot of angry Albertans out there right now, or it certainly seems that there's a lot of angry Albertans out there. There's been, uh, you know, at least hundreds of them protesting on the front steps, uh, on the grounds today. Uh, people wanting answers, people, people upset, and people concerned about just the state. Now, oil prices and what's happened overseas with the oil prices is not. Um, we don't regulate that. We don't regulate unfortunately. that. Unfortunately, can't blame. Uh, notly on that, but I think there's a lot of people that are saying, okay, we need to see some sort of guidance. We need to see um, how you're going to help us through this, through this this really, really tough economic time that we haven't gone through in, in quite some time. So show us, show us, show us the way, show us the path, show us some light. We want to know what's, what's going to go on and we want to see some support for things, you know, more support for things like pipeline. How are we going to get our product out?
And uh, not only that, uh, what, what another thing that uh, if for in, in regards to especially uh, Energy East Pipeline mm-hmm. too, something that we're going to have to be aware of that's not necessarily Alberta legislature, but uh, I know uh, the uh, election for the Saskatchewan legislature mm-hmm. was just announced today, and Bradwall seems to be, or Premier Bradwall, current Saskatchewan Premier Bradwall, is the one who seems to be really frontlining for the Energy East and really trying to get that pipeline done so we don't have to keep on importing from the Middle East and such. So, I mean, that's another thing that's going to have to change that that may change too. Uh, let's just say if uh, NDP leader Cam Broton would come into power, what's going to be happening there when you see three prairie provinces all NDP mm-hmm. if it were to happen? And that's something that, uh, that also that Albertans uh, need to be aware of too, especially when it comes to I believe it's April 4th would be the, the date of the Saskatchewan election. Somebody just texted in at 6.30, said, what is the throne speech? Explain to me what the throne speech is. So in a nutshell, uh, the lieutenant governor, Lois Mitchell, um, she will deliver the throne speech outlines the intentions and the goals of the of the NDP government, of Premier Rachel Notley's government in, in the coming session. And that session's supposed to go through to June. So it's actually quite a long session. Now, you remember in the fall, that session <laughs> wasn't very long at all. One of the other things, though, too, and I know people are waiting, is to see a budget, is to see a real budget and... Uh, they're supposed to have a budget, the rules, the budget is supposed to be introduced by March 31st, but right now it's not looking like that's going to happen until the big, the beginning of April. And we've seen a lot of, uh, like, hints about the budget. Mm-hmm. I know that, uh, you know, Finance Minister Joe Sisi was saying, uh, I believe it was a few weeks ago, that Alberta will not see economic growth minimum, minimum, until 2017, and it didn't really look good for the future of Alberta's economy here. And, a, uh, well, it looks like things are almost yeah. about to get started here. I think we're just kind of waiting right now for a, uh, everyone to be seated, Yeah, the if formal you will. escort is coming in right now with uh, the Lieutenant Governor. You have uh, Police Chief uh, Rod Connect. You have RCMP Commissioner Marianne Ryan uh, bringing in the Lieutenant uh, Governor. You have Brigadier General Wayne Eyre from 3rd Canadian Division, and they will flank the sides of Rebecca Patterson, uh, Navy Captain, as, as well on either side. And so the left-hand governor, Lois Mitchell, just taking her seat right now. Then they will hand over the folder, and then she will start to speak. But again, there's a lot, there's a lot of pomp. Formalities. Formalities that yeah. go along with this. So, yeah, the, the, the budget, I think, for me, is, is really one of the things that I would like to see sooner rather Oh, of course. Later, and so you know how how are we going to continue to function right now without a budget? Well, like so, you were saying, something along the lines of like we need guidance, we need directions, so, and the budget is a big one for that. All righty, it looks like the lieutenant governor has started the throne from the speech. Let's take it live. Bring the remarkable achievements of Alberta women. There is much to tell. For example, the story of Alberta's famous five who are remembered in a display on the fifth floor of this house. In 1927, Emily Murphy, Irene Parlby, Nellie McClung, 
Louise McKinney and Henrietta Edwards went to court to ask the following question. Does the word persons in section 24 of the British North American Act include female persons? Their fight was a fundamental one. The principle that no public office should be barred to women because of their gender. Courtesy of the Judicial Committee of the Privy Council in London, <clears throat> women were indeed found to be persons, which is a good start. <clears throat> I think you'll agree with me, <clears throat> looking at this house, at the ministerial bench, and at the seat from which I speak, that we are making progress. The fact that my government's new ministry for the status of women is led by a new mother tells us that further barriers are being are barriers to are beginning to come down. As UN women put it well, International Women's Day is a time to reflect on the progress being made. It is a time to renew our call for change. And it's time to celebrate acts of courage and determination by ordinary women who have played ex an extraordinary role in the history of their countries and communities. Today, on International Women's Day, we recommit ourselves to carrying on this work. And today, we return to this house to carry on our work for all the people of Alberta. As I speak, we are facing another deep slump in the international price of oil. Let there be no doubt, Albertans are going to get through this together, as we have done before. We will address the difficult choices that lie before us in keeping with our deeply held values. Albertans are optimistic, entrepreneurial, can-do people. And Albertans are community-minded, caring, and neighborly. Art is a society of friends. In tough times, we always pull together. We have each other's backs. We support each other in these times, instead of making a bad situation worse. We don't need to put our short-term bottom line over the interests of long-term recovery. We do need to understand that this latest price bust is prolonged, it's deep, and driven by important and fundamental changes in the world market. And so we do need to act. We are currently over-dependent on a single commodity, a single price, and a single market. Alberta will address this in a number of ways. First, we will diversify our energy markets. Second, we will pursue a coherent and effective economic development strategy. Third, we will invest in a greener, more sustainable economy. Fourth, we will pursue a responsible approach to public finance. And fifth, we will pursue ongoing democratic reform to ensure public accountability in all of this work. Canada's inability over the past 10 years to pursue a strategic energy policy supported by Canadians has made it impossible so far for our country to diversify our markets. 
and the result is that Canadian energy exports are heavily discounted, even at these low prices. You are listening to the throne speech this afternoon from the Alberta legislature. Right now, we head over to the newsroom with Eileen Bell, who can give you now all of the details that the lieutenant governor is outlining in the throne speech. Eileen. Some of the things that uh, the lieutenant government, uh, governor will be announcing for us now, a new child benefit plan that the province says will help 380,000 children who live in low-income households in Alberta. They say the government will work to create new jobs and opportunities, build on some of our traditional economic strengths, also diversify markets and products, and increase accountability and responsible public fiscal management. Now, some of the highlights specifically, they're going to uh, propose legislation to end predatory lending, also establish an energy diversification advisory committee and an oil sands advisory group that will enhance economic diversification. They're going to bring in a bill to implement Alberta climate leadership plan, a commitment to reform agency boards and commissions for better oversight, also better stewardship and accountability, and they pledge to repeal Bill 22 and engage with Indigenous communities on consultations. Uh, Premier Notley says Albertans want an economy that is resilient to energy price swings. Uh, the Premier says previous government did not do enough when it came to diversifying the economy. And in the meantime, uh, we have people People losing their jobs each and every day. We have families that are that are struggling, and and we have important services that we in the government need to uh, continue to deliver. So some of those points that they're going to hit, diversifying energy markets, pursuing a coherent and effective economic strategy, investing in a greener, more sustainable economy. They say they're going to take a responsible approach to public finances and make democratic reforms to ensure accountability. As far as diversifying the energy markets, they say they will continue intergovernmental engagements on pipelines, uh, probably on top of that list, Energy East. They're going to show leadership on climate change and work towards a permanent energy regulatory regime that is effective and predictable. As far as uh, some of the other actions they're going to do, again, the child benefit plan I mentioned is going to provide $340 million, and again, they say for up to 380,000 children in low-income families in Alberta. They're going to bring in legislation to protect Albertans in economic distress because of predatory lending, uh, expand access to workforce and skills training, also retraining if you lose your job. They're going to continue to invest $34 billion in infrastructure while keeping jobs. And they say they're going to support small and medium-sized businesses with venture capital and other forms of backup, modernize royalties to promote innovation, energy, transparency, and accountability. Part of that we've already seen. Implement the Alberta Petrochemicals Diversification Program and establish uh, the Clean Energy Energy Diversification Advisory Committee. Also, they're pledging to continue to invest in a clean energy future and promising responsible public financial management. And as far as ongoing democratic reform, they will be receiving a report that's already been um, put into motion from the All-Party Special Committee on Ethics and Accountability and uh, present legislation next fall on some democratic reform issues that they want. Uh, so that's what we have so far from the speech from the throne and we'll have lots more coverage on it throughout the afternoon here on 630 Chad. 
All right, thank you very much, Eileen. It is 325 on the 630 Chad Afternoon News. We'll continue to bring you the information, the details of the throne speech as they uh, continue to filter in. Uh, we'll take a break right here. Be back with more. The speech from the throne continues at the legislature this afternoon. Lieutenant Governor Lois Mitchell is reading it and the highlights which have been released uh, include the government's plan to, number one, diversify energy markets, number two, pursue a coherent and effective economic strategy, number three, invest in a greener, more sustainable economy, number four, take a responsible approach to public finances and make democratic reforms to ensure accountability. One of the big ones is a new child benefit plan that's been announced that will help 380,000 children living in low-income households. Well, the government works to create new jobs and opportunities. So uh, as well, there will be legislation to protect Albertans in economic distress from predatory lending, expand access to workforce and skills training and retraining for the unemployed, and continue to invest $34 billion in necessary infrastructure while retaining jobs. Um, that means the spring session is officially underway. Uh, Premier Nat Notley says Alberta's new carbon tax, because there's been a lot of talk about this carbon tax, will officially kick off about 10 months from now. Uh, that'll be on January 1st, 2017. It will cover everything from price hikes at the gas pump to higher home heating and electricity bills. And Notley says the details will be released soon. The amount of the levy, where it's applied, what the rebates look like, who they're given to, what we're estimating they will cost, where the, what the amount of the investment will be, what the amount of the adjustment programs will be, that will all be clear in the budget. And that budget uh, bring, be, being brought down by Finance Minister Joe Sisi will be unveiled in early April. Now, the Premier is also promising to take further measures to diversify Alberta's oil-based economy in the upcoming sitting of the legislature. Notley says it's critical to intervene in the economy with loans and incentive programs in order to stabilize the economic base. I uh, would reject the notion that we simply cover our ears, cover our eyes, cross our fingers and sit in a corner hoping that the economy recovers. There you go. Some of your texts and emails coming in this afternoon. This is from Jason and it says, hey, Jay Lynn, Rachel Notley is not responsible for the fall in oil prices, nor can she control the price, but she can take positive measures to support the economy, like push for pipelines through Quebec and stick up for Alberta when a municipal politician speaks against it when it's a federal matter. Clearly outline a royalty structure on new wells in 2017 so the investment community can put that figure into their budgets and reinvest in this province if it's not too late. Lastly, she can do research on windmills and solar panels, example California, and see what they pay for power. It's a crazy figure. I'm not pushing for coal, but we have an unlimited supply of natural gas that could be drilled for and create jobs. Now, when we've been touching on those carbon taxes, which are set to begin next January 1st, 
As we mentioned, expected to be on everything from gas at the pumps to home heating and electricity bills. The tax is to collect an estimated $3 billion a year when it's fully implemented by 2018. In November, the government predicted the changes would cost the average household, so it would cost you... $320 in 2017 and rise to $470 in 2018. Now, some of that tax is to be redirected to green technology and efficiencies. The The Wild Rose House leader said the tax is simply making things worse for a province, losing tens of thousands of jobs due to the low price of oil. Wild Rose estimating the carbon tax will cost families $1,000 a year or more. Again, the details on those carbon taxes to come in the budget, which are expected to be released, unveiled in the first two weeks of April. Some more of your texts come in coming in this afternoon at 3.42. says, when I hear the forecasted increase in utility bills with this impending carbon tax, I'm not happy in the least. I just looked at the regulated rates for electricity, and Lethbridge is once again leading the month with the lowest regulated rate for electricity. Carbon tax, these NDP maniacs won't be happy until we are all paying 20 cents per kilowatt hour. The NDP, another one coming in from Camrose, the NDP by their throne speech have no clue what we want or need. Maybe it's time for civil disobedience. And Sean says it's not her fault, but it is her her problem. That's when we're talking about the oil situation. Um, Brent says it's pretty clear to me that this province is being run by a bunch of ideological driven bozos. They're going to run us into bankruptcy. There you go. Lots of comments coming in. You can get a hold of me at at 6.30, 6.30, so much so that the computer has just jammed. Um, 6.30, 6.30 is the number to get a hold of me here. Probably one of uh, the best ways to do it. Okay, it is 3.43. We do need to take a break here. When we come back, we'll shift gears momentarily. Want to talk with our 6.30 Chad reporter who was covering the first day of Travis Vader's first-degree murder trial. You know this story. Lyle and Marie McCann, their bodies never been found, um, presumed dead, although there's been some interesting arguments already been made in the courthouse this morning. We will continue the coverage of the throne speech as more information comes in and as your reaction to it comes in right now. It's 344. 3.47, they're back to work under the dome today. The uh, spring sitting, the Alberta legislature kicked off with a throne speech read by the Lieutenant Governor Lois Mitchell. Uh, we've been talking about some of those highlights. We'll continue to give you the details over the next, uh, well, the Eileen Bell will be up very shortly. Lots of your texts coming in as well. There's been protests outside the legislature today calling on Rachel Notley to resign. Inside details being uh, unveiled on, on really what we can expect over, of this session over the next uh, six weeks or so. But there's another big story story that uh, started, well, it's, it's a continuation of a, of a big story. It's been going on now for, for years, but the first degree, the first degree murder trial of Travis Vader started today in, uh, in a courtroom downtown. Our Brad Whisker was there for the opening statements. He joins me in studio. Hey, Brad. How's it going, Jalen? Wow. You know what? This story 
to me, I mean, it was 2010, July of 2010, Lyle and Marie McCann left to go on vacation in, what was their, their motor home, and, and then just seemingly disappeared. And we, they've been trying to put the pieces uh, together on this ever since. So you were in there this morning for the opening statements, I guess. Maybe let's start with, with what the Crown saying. What what did the Crown present? What was their their operations, I think, going into this case? Well, you mentioned it has pretty much been almost a lifetime, it seems like, since um, Lila Marie disappeared. Um the Crown opened quite strong this morning. Um, we already knew before that the McCann's vehicle was found two weeks after they had disappeared. Mm-hmm. So the Crown prosecutor, James Stewart, this morning, he outlined some interesting facts that uh, that he discovered throughout uh, preparing for this trial, such as evidence found inside the SUV. And we're talking about things like Travis Vader's DNA found on Lyle's hat, talking about more DNA and blood found on the wheel and passenger Mm -hmm. seat, a fingerprint belonging to Vader on a can of beer in the front seat console, and there were cans of food scattered throughout the vehicle, and they were actually matched up to what they had purchased prior to leaving the grocery store the day that they had disappeared, and it had Marie's blood hmm. on these cans. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, and then there was talk as well about uh, phone calls, about some some cell some cell calls, and sounds like that could be a interesting examination, cross examination when it happens. That's going to be probably one of the more interesting days of the trial, to say the least. Um, the Crown plans to introduce cell phone records, and in those records, they had noticed that calls and text messages had been sent about four hours after the McCanns were last seen. Mm. The Crown's angle with this is that these calls and texts were made by Travis Vader. And the reason he's able to say that with such confidence is these calls and messages went to Travis Vader's ex-girlfriend, mm. Amber Williams, who is expected to take the stand at some point during this trial. Mm, that'll be uh, fascinating. So this trial is scheduled for, what, 22 days? 22 so days, weeks? yeah. Three weeks. Now, that's, you know, coming, f- you know, from the, from the, the Crown side. What, what did the defense say today? Well, we did touch on the DNA and the mm-hmm. blood found in the SUV, so... Defense lawyer Brian Barish does plan to bring in experts in the areas of blood spatter, DNA, hair analysis, fingerprint analysis. He's going to bring those people in to try to explain that there are other ways that these things could appear in the vehicle. And there are ways that Marie McCann's blood could possibly have wound up on these cans of food. He is also claiming negligence by the RCMP throughout the investigation. And I think those that have followed the trial closely, or not the trial, but the lead-up to the trial the case, closely, yeah. knew that that was going to happen. It's taken such a long time. His main sticking point here is that police were so focused on just closing the case that they didn't look at any other suspects. And he essentially promised this morning that he will bring up other suspects' names throughout the trial. So that's going to be interesting to see how he drags these people in, who puts them named? in the vehicle. Who are these people? What are their connection to the McCanns, possibly, and Vader? What did, uh, what did they say about the fact that the bodies have never been found? Well, Barish was pretty blunt. He basically said, we do know that they disappeared. 
but we can't confirm they are dead. We don't have any bodies. How do you prove somebody's dead without a body? And I'm sure he's going to try to hit that home over the next three weeks. Packed courtroom, I'm sure. Packed. We're close to... I don't want to say upwards of 100, but somewhere in the 60 to 80 range. Okay, and Vader during all of this just... Calm, cool, and collected. And what about the McCann family? Were they there today? They were. They were. Um, You could see some of them react when the charges were first presented to Travis Vader. He Uh obviously entered a not guilty plea to both. Very adamantly, mind you. It was pretty strong of him to just stand up and he said, I plead not guilty to that charge with confidence twice his demeanor throughout the entire morning he was often seen talking to his counsel it it just seemed like it almost seemed like another day his back was turned to me so i couldn't see his Mm -hmm. facial expressions at all times but when he did turn and i could see his side profile he just he looked very cool calm and collected interesting uh what's next then as far as the coming days On the coming days, it's just going to be witness after witness. The Crown said there could be up to 100 witnesses over the next few weeks. That's going to be a lot for Justice Thomas to dig through. I mean, people from from all over the place, any sort of connection, it's it's going to be interesting. And, and it's going to be very hard for the McCann family to be sitting through all of that as as well. I suspect um, that there was no comment from them today. No, nothing this morning. Um... I would assume that the Crown has told the McCann family to just keep quiet throughout this process, and they will eventually comment, I'm sure, however this plays out uh, at the end of trial. Yeah, for sure. Brad, thank you very much for uh, giving us an update on what happened today, and I know you're going to be in there covering it over the com- coming weeks, and I hope that you'll you'll continue to share what, what was going on. Absolutely. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Brad Whisker, 630 Chet news, re- news uh, reporter who was uh, day one. Trial today, man, I remember the day that it happened. Remember when we first reported that and when Lyle and Marie McCann, both in their late 70s, last seen fueling up their motor home in their Edmonton area hometown of St. Albert as they headed out for a holiday in July 20th. In in July of 2010, I I saw one of the signs again not too long ago when I was driving to Jasper. You know, any any information whatsoever, please let uh, RCMP know. So again, Travis Vader, who is a longtime suspect in this case, has pleaded not guilty and as Brad said quite emphatically and confidently today in the courtroom, pleaded not guilty to first-degree murder. We'll keep you updated, of course, from the 6.30 Ched Newsroom about this case. And we'll take a break here. Coming up for the 4 o'clock news, Eileen Bell will have more from the throne speech. Then on the other side, we'll have business, sports, more of your comments, your thoughts about what you heard today from the legislature.